special welcome to Purim's coming closer. Purim's coming closer. And we really have to get back on track um, and see how much further we can get in the Megillah this year in regard to figuring out the Nisim. That's what we do around Purim time. We, we are somewhere towards the beginning of the second Perak, which we will, Mr. Shem, get back onto once we just do a quick update for everyone. Before we get to that quick brief recap of Perak Aleph, I just wanted to point out that the name of the guy in the previous podcast, the eighth grade thug who um, protected my great uncle Hashem, his name was Wilson, I don't know his last name, I don't remember. Um, I just wanted to mention that. And um, yeah, so how I always start off talking about Purim is the Ha'ara that I had that it was in at least in a certain way the darkest aspect, the darkest time of Kali Yisrael's history. Not because of anything that specifically happened in a harmful way, but it just was the viewpoint. If you are in pitch darkness and there is no holes in the ground and no bandits out to kill you, but you don't have a light, it's very scary, right? If you know how to how to shine light on whatever darkness it is, if you are in a in a darkness which looks like you're about to be destroyed, you don't know how to shine a light in the situation and see see what you need to see in there. It's extremely extremely dark. However. If you have the tools to understand how it works, it's not nearly as dark. And Purim, Purim was at a point in history when, when we still didn't know how Gullus worked. Gullus, the Megillus Esther, it's for sure said by Yisrael Reisman, I don't remember who else, that the Megillus Esther is the guidebook to Gullus. As we go through and we see all the pieces of the puzzle coming together, it shows us how to, how to look at the world and pull out those secrets. Until that point, there was never a need for that. But then, then there became a need. And that's, that's, that's a lesson of Purim. And if you look, listen to the previous podcast, you could hear it in more detail. And all these psukim that I'm going to run through are really broken down into like seven or eight different podcasts that go, that go and um, where I try to like um, point out what I perceive and understand hopefully as the nace in every pusik of the Megillah. We were going on a, on, 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 on a shot that there's a nace in every single pusik. Otherwise, why would we have to start from the first word? Right? The different sheetas. There's four sheetas in the Gemara Megillah. Why would we need to go from the first word if we... if, if it, it must be. It's part of the nace. That's all it's about, being part of the nace. And it means every single word, every single pusik in the Megillah adds to the nace. And we said that first, the first pusik, Vahibimechashverosh, is laying the stage for this phenomenal, phenomenal, phenom, phenomenon, the situation where Reb Shem Yechai told us Talmidim in the Lamaskan of that Gemara that that just like the Yidden only went to the Mishta as a show, they really were with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, So to Hashem, when he what what he did in the time of, of the Megillah was just a show. And not only that, it was a show to show us how to live in Gullus. So it was many different layers. And in that first Pasuk, 
it was laying the groundwork. That means the only way it would have worked for such a nice to be to curse for someone for the Jews to be under one king who could do whatever he wants. Otherwise, otherwise the the, the storyline wouldn't, wouldn't occur. There couldn't be a threat to all of Klal Yisrael if not for the fact that we were under the rule of a king, a unique situation, a king who ruled over every single member of Klal Yisrael. Then we explained how the nace of the fact, the next step, that the the throne, the capital, the capital of 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 of, of, of Parshamade was moved to Shushan because of a throne. We explained in Gimel and Gimel through Hay how how the Mishnah was setting up first of all for Vashti to die, and how the haughtiness of Achashverosh possibly was was um and and how big the party was and how much he did brought him to such a level of haughtiness that would would mean that it's the slightest infraction by, 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 by Vashti would throw him off his handle and right away cause it to be executed. Um, we explained how the Mishnah's um, extravagance also taught us a lesson of Ayin Le'Rasar Le'Kimzul Asacha and and and, and, and and a little bit more Nisim listen, listen to the podcast and those Psukim. We explained how how the Nase came through Yayin. What was that? Ketev by Yayin. Oh no. Nase came through Yayin. Everyone drinking and going to a certain level of, um, of, 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 of free, free for all that led to a certain um, um, conversations but it wasn't brought about yet till the next part till, till tests where unique situation of Vashti making her own party which was, which was unheard of until that point um, led about led led the the people to be thinking about the Mishnah Nashim, which they were able to hear, which led to Vashti getting brought up and then um, got rid of, and then in Yud, the 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 catalyst for the Zchus that Vashti should die was that Klal Yisrael on the day of the or by the Mishnah on the day of Shabbos they went home, and Ketev Hamalach Bayayin means Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and the girl explains what did Hashem. What joy did the Shem get from Yayin? That the Yidin were using wine to celebrate Shabbos and doing mitzvahs with it, reminded Hashem of Klaisel's Chosim, and he used wine, the same wine, same I, same thing, wine, to bring about the downfall of Achashverish and Vashti um, because of the Chos of the wine of Klai Yisrael that, that they used for a good purpose. And then we bring about Yud Aleph and Yud Beis, which is. Aleph Yubez is Vashti's downfall. She's asked to come to the Mishnah and she refuses, and that causes her to, to, to flare up. And for whatever we went through, exactly what we thought was um, um, the, the reasons that she got so sensitive about it. And then, and then how Achashverish brings forth the Jewish Sarum who miraculously give an excuse which is accepted, um, and then the, and passed up to a, a different set of judges who not only could pass judgment, but they could actually alter the entire way law operated in Parasumadai. So much so, that they would be able to give Achashverish an extra level of power, which would enable him to execute Haman in the blink of an eye without having to think about it, which is which, which, which is the Pella. And, and then we discussed and then we discussed in Yudches how Haman, who was one of the Sarim, who was one of the Sarim, picked up on a subtle mention of Achashverish that 
that he wanted them to make it not a major government issue, but more of a more of a more of a of a subtle civil point, and maybe not such a big deal, which scared him into being kafat Bereish, as we as as it as it said about Haman that Hedrick kafat Bereish, he jumped he jumped in why? Because he had an agenda, he had an agenda he wanted to to pursue, and because because he got afraid, because he was afraid, he was afraid that that his agenda wouldn't be wouldn't be able to be done if this became a matter of of of, 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 of a civil matter and not a government matter, not a countrywide matter. He had to blow the proportions of this infractions through the roof in the, into a way that it was such a bad thing that it had to be judged by a band of the highest ministers in the land and he had to speak because if he didn't speak it would be too late and they would say oh Taki yeah it's not such a big deal people are showing bias problems what should we do you know and so therefore that's what, what, what that's what instigated him to be Kafats and and then we 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 went through the Nisim and the, and the laws that were passed to ban Vashti from coming and how it gave more and more power to Akashur, so much power that he could, that he could, that he could, didn't have to consult with anyone. He became an absolute monarch, which enabled him to say later on, without prosecuting Haman, just kill him. Which Haman wanted, Haman wanted to Vashti get killed right away and whatever other calamities he had to, that he was hoping to accomplish with this. And then he made laws to respect that women have to respect their husband just because he had Shalom Bayes problems and 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 that that made everyone skeptical about Akasherish's whole legal system which made 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 it that they didn't act upon the laws that were passed right away because they were afraid this guy is a very fickle and he makes weird laws and then actually that we see at the end of the parak that Akasherish actually carries out Haman's Haman's suggestion and, and it's just it's just to actually be carried out is such a nice and that is a recap of the first parak. If you if you can't figure out which podcast it is, so then you can contact me and I'll let you know which ones it is that go through this in detail. It's about seven or eight podcasts. Um, and in Mitzvah Shem, in Mitzvah Shem, we will be um, beginning quite soon going through the next psukim. We, we actually last year we did do the first couple of psukim, but we're gonna we'll go through it again. We'll get we'll get um we'll get into that again. And then we'll um, start Parag Beit and get as far as we can. We have a, about a little more than three weeks. So now is the time to try to figure out the Nisan that are found in Parag Beis that specifically add to the miracle. Um, Be'ez HaShem, have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening.